Hey everyone, welcome to Tales from the Pros, and this is Michael Giorgio, your host and co-founder of Imagine Ovation. My special guest with me here today is the founder of Linkfluencer, which is recognized by Forbes as Australia's leading LinkedIn training company that has a mission to transform social selling on LinkedIn and help build the next generation of influencers. He now focuses on the strategic direction of the business of the business, which is a little over five years, has educated over two twenty thousand businesses in thirty-five countries and sixty industries. Please welcome Alex Peruse. This is Tales from the Pros, where business leaders and influencers share their stories of inspiration, struggles, and successes. And I'm your host, Michael Giorgio. Alex, thanks for being with me here today, man. I really, really appreciate it. Appreciate the invite. Looking forward to it. Absolutely. Uh, I know you're super busy, man. So it's it's definitely an honor having you here. And and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of kind of get to it here. So Alex, you know, I, I love how first of all, I love how authentic and direct your video and messages are on LinkedIn. I see them everywhere. I'm sure every, you know everybody just sees you all over the place. And 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 just the messages are so real and so um, honest and, and direct. And, and it seems like you're receiving an overwhelming amount of engagement as well from people around the world. So I, I know that level of experience didn't come straight away. So can you give us a little background on your entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, so uh, entrepreneurial journey started at age of 13. Uh, I really uh, w- wanted an Atari console. How old are you now, Michael? I'm 31. 31. Do you remember the Ataris? Yeah, I do. Okay, cool. So I really wanted yeah. one. and. <laughs> Uh, my parents just couldn't afford one. We didn't come from a very wealthy background. So I basically harassed them for six months and uh, every day and realized that didn't work. So um, funnily enough, the, the first day that I stopped asking him, I went to school and the principal announced at um, assembly that the kid who raises the most amount of money for this charity organization uh, will win an Atari. So mm-hmm. that was just my sort of um, moment to shine. I was never very good academically. And long story short, I went to all the local supermarkets um, and convinced the managers to give me chocolate that was going out of date within, uh, you know, the next couple of weeks. Got about $1,600 worth, sold that door-to-door and at school. And um, long and behold, won the actual uh, Atari. And uh, I think that's where sort of my entrepreneurial spirit was born. And then age 22, I started my first real business um, and for the next four years across four different industries. I failed in my first four businesses and uh, collectively lost uh, close to a million dollars before I um, realized I was missing a few skill sets. Uh, Oh, wow. Yeah, really good salesman, but just didn't, wasn't well-rounded entrepreneur. Um, So got a mentor on board and spent about three months with him. And then after that, we both felt like I was ready to start the fifth business. Did extremely well in that. We went from two me and a co-founder to 45 staff within about 14 months. Um, just really did well with that, sold that off, started another business, um, exited that successfully. And then I started uh, an advisory firm because I uh, love I love people and I love business. So um, given I had failed in four businesses, sold two successfully, I thought that's a pretty good platform to be able to share my message with other people. And link um, the advisory firm turned into link because the more and more I started using LinkedIn to grow the advisory firm, the more people started asking me about 
uh, LinkedIn and how I was leveraging it rather than the actual advisory stuff. So uh, five years on, here we are today. Wow, it's pretty amazing. You have a lot of extensive experience, man, just kind of going through those uh, those struggles like you told me about with those uh, – was it the first four businesses? First four, yeah. University first four, of wow. And, and, and But you see, that's the thing. This is what I love, Alex, is that – you know, for you, you're a true entrepreneur. Entrepreneur, because you never gave up. You mm-hmm. you use that experience that you had, and you know everyone identifies um, or defines failure as something different, right? It's very subjective. You know, failure and success, which, which we'll talk about a little bit later, and even entrepreneurship. But uh, essentially, you you use that experience for 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 a positive. You know, you turn it into a positive and turn it into good, and and you execute it into this into this amazing company you have now, Linfluencer, and. And you're helping you know people and businesses around the world, which is which is amazing. And and LinkedIn is is not a um, easy platform to crack, or at least not for a lot of us. Probably for you, you it is, but um, a lot of people uh, find it difficult, probably because the way they're not, you know, the, the way they're uh, you know providing their messages, or the way they're growing their network, or who they're targeting, or where they're targeting. So we'll definitely get into that. But you know, with that being said. What are your thoughts on, on, on kind of just the intent behind LinkedIn content in regards to having a motive to generate leads and sales or ultimately just provide content to inspire and help others? So what I mean by that, Alex, is people sometimes, you know how they, they're pouring out all this content, right? But they have some of them have these, this intent to just sell, 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 yes. sell, yes. but they're not really providing authentic, good content. So what's your, what's your take on, on that? You know, what are your thoughts on that? Well, a couple of things. One, most people have a network of people who either they don't know or people who are not in their target market. So I I would be foolish to say just share content for the sake of it and to inspire people, which is good. But at the same time, you're running a business and you need to generate revenue in order to grow your team, in order to grow your, you know, um, expand your mission, et cetera, impact more people. So the way I look at it is like, On a daily basis, Monday to Friday, you should be connecting with your audience. So like you should know the industry, the company size, the target, um, the key decision maker in that company, um, location, um, and so on. So if you know them, um, Sales Navigator is by far the most amazing tool on the planet today in terms of finding, connecting, and uh, then uh, engaging with your audience. So you use that tool, you connect with your audience, as soon as they accept your invitation, now all of your content is going to start coming up in the newsfeed. So, um, and if you're sharing relevant targeted content on a um, you know weekly basis, then um, at the end of the month, what we what we usually do is we um, we do every month we do two pieces of promotional content. So, f- for the whole month, we do educational and personal content that's you know really good value. Um, people get to know me. People get to know the brand, um, we educate them. And then at the end of the month, we do a promotional post. So a good example of that is uh, one I did probably about three weeks ago where we said, you know, um, August was a record month, got over 400,000 views. A lot of people reached out asking how I did it. So here's a digital guide um, that we have. And it's basically a, a three-step formula that we use to achieve um, that 400K. So if you want it, let me know in the comments. And then what we would have is one of our team, whoever left a comment, um, one of our team would actually go and send them a connection invitation with a link to them uh, for them to download that guide. In order to download the guide, they have to give us their name and email address. And that's how you generate 
I think that one, we, we had over 500 comments and about 320 people downloaded the guide. So, um, wow, it, amazing. So it's like you got to be commercial, but at the forefront of your mind, you got to be thinking, how do I add massive value to my audience on a daily basis? And then at the end of the month, you can um, commercialize that value that you've created for, for your audience by doing a promotional post. And this, and that, that's, I love that. I mean, like this kind of goes into my next question. Uh, I mean, what steps or strategies do you guys have people execute to really grow their LinkedIn influence and ultimately generate sales? I see a lot of people, Alex, that, you know, they have like, for example, they'll have a few hundred thousand followers I've even seen on LinkedIn who I essentially have never even heard of. So I'm wondering, I'm like, man, how did they build this huge, huge ass network of people on LinkedIn? But I've never, they're not like famous. I mean, at least I've never, they're not like famous celebrities or anything like that. Just kind of, you know, CEOs of companies or just content providers. But it's crazy how they just got this huge, massive network. And I'm sure they are, a lot of them are probably getting business if they are putting out the right types of content, right? Uh, I know you can have a huge, you can have a huge network, but if your content isn't right and it isn't uh, targeted effectively, you may not get any leads. But what do you think about that? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. I think, you know, like earlier this year, I started with 19,000 followers. I think I'm at 32,000 or 31 at the moment. So like when I look back at the journey, I think I've, all I've done is I've showed up every day. So where most people fall short is they're not consistent. And the reason why they're not consistent is because they don't have a big enough reason why. My sole purpose on this planet is um, what, what my legacy is being um, known as one of the best entrepreneurs who ever lived. That's, that's why I get up every day. And I know in order to do that, I need to impact millions of people's lives. Um, mm-hmm. And I want to use the, the, the fame um, as a force for good in terms of making uh, impact on other people. So like, that's my why. So, you know, seven, working seven days a week, 16 hour days, to me, it's nothing um, because there's a, a, something bigger than me behind it. So that, that's what's missing. Uh, and that's why so many people give up and not consistent because all they're focusing on is uh, how much did this content um, generate in terms of business. And if you're thinking like that, you've already lost the game. I saw your video on that, by the way, that was awesome. Yeah. And that got a lot of engagement too, you know, yeah, you're, you're, and that's what it, it goes back to the authenticity. And, mm-hmm. and you kind of even, I know you answered the previous question on, on the intent behind content, but I think, I, I mean, I really love this answer is that you're, I mean, your why is very powerful, Alex. You know, you 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 want to provide a lot of value and inspire, but at the same time, you know, you got to put food on the table. You know that you have a company to run. You got employees to pay. You got, you know what I mean? There's a lot of these things behind it, but you're ultimately trying to help a lot of people with your company, um, and you're providing these strategies, these effective and efficient strategies um, to help people uh, generate business on LinkedIn and and ultimately inspire and, and help as much as possible, which I think is amazing. Absolutely. And you know, the thing, Michael, a lot of people, you know, I've I got a fair few comments of people um, on that promotional post that I did saying I got 400,000 views. And a lot of them mm-hmm. um, actually commented saying, oh, you know, um, how much business has it generated for you? And that's sort of what inspired the next post. Um, I think what I've noticed is that the winners are the ones who focus on, um, you know, the 
the long game and the losers focus on post by post. So if your if your mentality is, oh, how much business am I going to get out of one post compared to, okay, I'm going to put a calendar in place. I'm going to do 20 posts this month. Two of it is going to be promotional. The other 18 is going to be educational. That's the long game. That's how you win. And um, the, the losers are the ones that complain and focus on, I guess, the negativity and um, the, the winners focus on positivity. Like it's, it's, it's common sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and does Linkfluencer have certain, is there like a certain, um, you know, uh, three or five step or 10 step approach um, to really grow a LinkedIn, influ- you know, LinkedIn audience and, and yeah. ultimately generate sales? Like do you, what are your guys' processes? So generally, um, so our process is three steps. So it's called plan, connect, profit. So um, essentially, it's in a ver- like a very, very high level without going into detail. It's about finding, um, making sure you've got the right foundations in terms of knowing your sales process, um, who you want to target, the product and service you want to focus on, um, the personal brand you want to build. Um, making sure you've got a good profile, your account is set up uh, and configured properly. That's sort of the high level, sort of the plan stage. Connect stage is there's three strategies in the connect stage. So you, you know your outcome of LinkedIn, and that might be to generate leads. You know your conversion rates. You know your sales process and how LinkedIn ties into it. The connect stage is all about, okay, how do we go and find these people? Um, and so that's what, that's what I was mentioning earlier about using Sales Navigator. Our three core strategies for connecting with the audience is using Sales Navigator to find, let's say, lawyers in um, Gold Coast because I know you've been there before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so if your audience is uh, partners, owners or solicitors of law firms in Gold Coast um, who have one to ten employees, you would go into Sales Navigator, put those metrics in. That will then spit out, let's say, 3,450 lawyers. Um, what... Sales Navigator then enables you to do, out of the 3,450, they'll actually then tell you how many of those have posted content in the last 30 days. So what you can do from that, let's say there's 400 people who've shared content, you can then save those 400 as a lead. That doesn't mean you've connected with them. You just save them as a lead. It goes into a secondary newsfeed, and this is where it gets exciting because you can start you can now start engaging with those um, uh, the content of those 400 leads before you even reach out and connect with them. And um, this is how we've opened up a lot of accounts like with KPMG, Westpac, um, uh, Commonwealth Bank and so on because um, most often when you reach out to someone, if you've engaged with their content, they're going to know who you are. Um, and so that's the first way. You, second strategy is obviously sending out connection invitations if you've done everything else well that I've spoken about. That'll open up some conversations. Um, and then the ones who accept your invite but don't reply, we have what we call the follow-up message. So, um, you know, Monday to Friday, you send out connection invitations. The Tuesday after, you send this follow-up message. And it's just something as simple as the two scripts that have done really well is um, uh, great to connect, love to learn more about what you do. Um, and that, that generates a lot of phone calls. Um, and then the other one is great to connect. I come into the city once or twice a month. Would love to uh, catch up over a coffee. Um, because essentially, Michael, what people are looking for out of LinkedIn is build connections, take conversations offline. 
build connections, take right, conversations right. offline. And um, the third strategy is just content. You've got to be uh, posting up content and video is a huge component because um, in less than a year, not, a 90% of content online is going to be video. So if you're not going to get good in front of the camera, you like it's going to be very hard to stand out. And this goes into what I was just going to ask you is, is there a certain secret sauce to creating videos for LinkedIn or is it all about the message being delivered, you know? Yeah, it's like there's so many different elements that go into it. Like you, I think anything, the more raw, the more transparent, the more real you are, um, the better your content will do. Um, like if, if you do, um, like for example, on our website, all of our videos are done professionally. Um, every single one. Um, whereas on LinkedIn, we don't share anything that's professionally done, mainly because it just doesn't get cut through because it's too corporate-y. Um, so you got to be real. you got to um, flush out and share content that is you know, relevant to your target audience. So if I'm targeting lawyers and i got to be sharing content that is going to be of value to lawyers, um, as well as that, you should be sharing personal content. So too many people make the mistake of just sharing educational content and it just becomes stale. Like if I, if all I talk about is LinkedIn, it gets boring. Um, people want to know who the person is behind the content. So like yesterday I shared an example about um, public speaking and how, um, you know, a couple of years back I, I couldn't even get on stage um, even if there was no one around. And now I, you know, speak at over th uh, 30 conferences a year. So just stuff like that for people to get to know you and get um, get more insight into who you are will uh, help you get more traction. Yeah. No. And I, I think it's very important. I was actually talking to my team about this. It's just so important nowadays to diversify your content messages, you know, because you always see – these people that are, like you said before, right? It's boring to keep talking about LinkedIn over and over and over again, even though you are a LinkedIn expert, one of the best, but essentially people, when they, when they, they already know that about you, right? So it's good that you have other talents, you have other skills, you have other capabilities, you have other experiences and things to share with the world and with your community and with your audience. So it's good to, 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 to send the, the send out those messages and, and connect um, connect your brand with you, with who you are, right? Because I think it's important to build trust, right? People want to trust you. They want to see that, all right, this guy is a powerful LinkedIn influencer and he's he's an expert at this platform, but I want to know him personally. And it's good that I see these posts about you and and um, and even uh, I've seen some people such as yourself even talk about some of the hate that you may be getting from some people as well. And that builds authenticity. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Okay. So cool, man. I love it. Love it. So, you know, what, what do you think, Alex, are really the most important tips you can provide to essentially targeting the right audience when it comes to selling a product rather than a service on LinkedIn? Because don't you think it's very different if there's a company that's more of a service company than a product company? Uh, do you think the, the, the strategy is going to be different or you think it's really the same? Well, yeah, it's interesting because I think what it all comes down to is your sales process. So, because what what most people think is they think LinkedIn is a gateway to, like, it's not a sales platform; it's a connection platform. And so, the the key is to know your sales process. For example, um, we, 
if I'm selling, let's say, a coaching program, and the coaching program is $10,000, and my sales process is, you know, lead comes through, um, someone from our team has a 15-minute conversation with them to, to view their application that then goes into a 30-minute strategy session that then goes into like a face-to-face and then they sign up from there. I would be leveraging LinkedIn to get um, applications because I don't want to get on a 30-minute call if um, someone is not the right fit for the program. So um, whereas most people would try to go for like the face-to-face meeting straight away, which is just way down uh, too too much down the line in terms of the sales process. So um, you just got to – if but if I'm selling like a $200 product, then it just doesn't even make sense jumping on the phone. So you might need to get someone to download your product, uh, sorry, download, let's say, a white paper or a digital guide and then um, they go on your list and then every month you're communicating through that list and you do offers to, to that audience. So it just all depends on, I guess, the product or service, um, how long the sales process is, what steps are involved, how much you um, sell that product or service. Um, but generally speaking, service-based businesses do better, um, especially if your deal value is high, um, mainly because people just want to jump on the phone or have face-to-face meetings as a result of leveraging LinkedIn. So um, those type of businesses usually do better. Mm-hmm. And is it, I mean, do you think it's it's important for both service company and a product company that's selling products you think white papers work well for both or you think white paper is going to be a little, or even like a guide, you think a digital guide or white paper, you think it's going to be more, um, you know, it's going to be more powerful with a service, with a, um, a service company. A service company, I would be going, depending on whether it's the founder or like the, uh, the, the sales team, um, I would definitely be going for either a face to face or a phone call. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess I see what you're saying because, if you're, if, if, for example, um, you're selling a, a service that costs a hundred thousand dollars, that's going to be probably a larger sales. Uh, it's going to be a larger sales cycle, right? It's not going to be easy to just close somebody straight away. Right. So you, you gotta, you gotta make sure that in your sales process that, you know, you're, you're leveraging LinkedIn in the right, it's like in the right step within that process, which could be first connect with them, right? Build these connections, these relationships, and then you can use those connections and relationships to have a coffee instead of just saying, Hey, download my white paper. And then I want you to buy a hundred thousand dollar service. (laughs) (laughs) That's a pretty big jump. It's like going up to, you know, as charismatic as I think I am, it's like going up to a girl at a bar and asking her to marry you if she's never seen you. Like I, I think most often I'd say, uh, it's fair to say that um, 100 out of 100 times, the guy would be getting slapped um, or be, be, be getting thrown out by the security guard. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, you can't, be, you can't be pitching on the first date. Um, and that's a mistake a lot of people make. And most people don't even know the sales process or the conversion. So get, and that's why we, I was mentioning in the plan stage, that's what, um, the foundations are all about. So you go into the connect stage with a lot of clarity around who you need to connect with, why you need to connect with them, where does it fit into the overall sales process and so on. Um, and you do that well. You like It's not hard to open up conversations on LinkedIn if you do it the right way. 
It's all about your approach. Cause you know, the worst thing is, is I was actually going to put a, um, I was going to put a post about this. And if you don't mind, I probably will tag you. Cause I know you might reply to this. There's a, we, you know, when you first connect with somebody, right? I mean, for me, I accept, I accept a lot of connections. I mean, most of them, as long as they sound, they, as long as they look authentic and sound legit, sometimes you, you have people add you that you're like, uh, I don't know about this. This doesn't seem right. This is a bit, you know, I don't know about this person or this company, but, um, I think when I accept an invitation, boom, I get a message from this person. I think it is from the person. Sometimes it's automated. Sometimes it's not. Mm. But it's it's the non-automated ones, Alex, that scare me because they send me, you know, you know, for me, I told you, we, we own a, um, a, a software app development company, Imagine Ovation. So mm. they'll send us a, a, a message, send me a direct message, and it's a competitor of mine asking oh, to – asking to yeah, it's a competitor of mine <laughs> asking – Asking, oh hey, can we? Uh, can, can you use our developers to develop to create a, an app? And I'm like, buddy, you know that we're we develop apps. Like we're yeah. one of the leaders in our state in app development. Did you do research before messaging me? And one time, and I never give. You know, I I, I usually just ignore them to be honest, man. But it, you know, sometimes it bugs me, and I'm just like, and I I message back. I'm like, and I do it very, I do it very, I, I do a lot of kindness and I'm professional. I'm never rude, but I'll just You're be traumatic. like, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be traumatic. Cause I, I don't want to, you know what I mean? I know they're doing their job and whatever, but I'll send them a message. Be like, I'll be like, Frank, uh, I, what I would do is do research before, before sending messages to your competitors, check out my profile, <laughs> my, my profile. You know what I mean? Um, mm. or, or just say, Oh, Hey, can we have a coffee? But they don't really introduce themselves. They don't, you know what I mean? It's just, I think the pro, the approach that people have, it goes back to, like you said before, it's just about money, 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 money. They don't do any research. There's no planning. There's no strategy. It's just a, it's just a message being sent out. That's it. There's it, no thought. Being, there's no thought behind it at all. <laughs> at all. And look, that one of the main reasons, uh, it's probably in the top three, one of the um, main reasons why I failed in those first four businesses because I you know, just had a sole focus on making money. And um, you know, that's one of the biggest lessons I learned uh, and my mentor told me at the time, he said, you know, if you're looking to make money, uh, you, if your sole purpose in life is to make money you should actually go into the corporate world because you'll be a lot more happier um, but if you want to make impact and as a result of making impact you want to become wealthy um, then you should be in business and that uh, you know at the time sort of didn't make sense to me uh, but now when I look back at it I think yeah that makes a whole lot of sense because um, if your sole purpose is to generate revenue if you see people uh, as a part of your process to becoming wealthy uh, and that's all you're leveraging them for you, like you shouldn't even be in business yeah and and that's the thing people think that their net worth is based on you know how much money they're making and their company's making mm -hmm. i don't agree with that i think i think the net worth of somebody is the relationships that you're building um, Absolutely, and and the connections that you have, the value that you're providing, the way people feel about you. If you're, if they say to me, "Oh, Michael Giorgio, you're," I I know this guy, and he has really authentic content. Or Alex Alex Pires, you're he has very authentic content. It's very real. He's he's doing some big things in his industry, and and you know what? And it doesn't even matter if it's fifty people. It doesn't have to be fifty thousand people or a million people. Even if it's a hundred people that feel that way about you, and that's who you've targeted, and they're they feel that. 
you've really done, you've made an impact in their lives, and then you really are an influencer. You've made an impact. You've you've provided value. Absolutely. You've done good to these people, and that is your that is really your net worth. You know what I mean? Because when you die, you're not taking all this stuff with you. It's just money. Exactly. You know. Hundred percent agree. Yeah. So, Alex, so, you know, with you being an expert in not, you know, in business and LinkedIn and, and social selling, what are your what are really your thoughts on on the amount of LinkedIn content that really should be posted daily or weekly, and like the you know the best times to to post and and the types of messages to post? And this is question is just so people just giving a little bit of a uh, you know strategy to people that are 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 really just trying to find their way in LinkedIn because sometimes it's it's hard joining these platforms. You don't really know what to do because there's a billion articles out there and you don't know what, what to believe. So it's always good to get it from someone like you. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, yeah, there's so many different variables for content to be successful on the platform. But I guess some of the main ones is one, like the biggest tip is just consistency. Um, but like nothing beats that. Uh, so the way to get consistent is structure. Um, and if you don't have structure, you just, one, you're going to be all over the place. Two, you're not going to be posting mm-hmm. regularly and therefore um, people don't become familiar uh, with you and look forward to your content because it's just sporadic. So um, the way to get structure is to sit down and go to a, a place that resonates with you. For some people, that's a church. Other people, it's a park. Me, it's an office. Um, some people need to go into the mountains and be by themselves, wherever that place is for you. Sit down and ask yourself, um, what's the category you want to be known for? Like, for example, right now, for me, it's entrepreneurship and LinkedIn. And then I ask myself, for LinkedIn, that category, what are four areas that we want to start distributing content around? Okay, so that's media, lead generation, partnerships, and um, building influence. Then I sit down and think, okay, now I've got the four categories. I've got the main topic. I'm going to flush out six months worth of content. Now, if you're posting twice a week, six months is about 48 ideas. Now, 48 ideas are not hard to drum up in uh, like half a day max, you'll be able to come up with 48 ideas. So all of a sudden now you've got six months worth of content. Once you finish that half day strategy, what you want to do is you want to then take, um, put, put like a calendar invite for yourself um, every Tuesday to sit down, look at those two ideas and write a post. Now, obviously do a video because that, that, that'll get more traction. Yeah. So record the videos, um, you give that to your assistant or if you don't have an assistant, you do it yourself for now. Um, you write the content for the videos, you record them, um, send it to your assistant and get them to schedule it in. Um, you give them access to your LinkedIn account you say okay on tuesday at 10 30 i want you to send this out and then on thursday at 2 p.m um here's the copy here's the video they upload it and then um the last last piece of this is um uh, basically getting them being part of an engagement pod because um based on linkedin's algorithm and most social platforms are like this uh uh, based on the number of likes comments and shares you get within the first hour that'll determine your reach because it tells LinkedIn that what you're sharing is valuable. Um, in saying that beyond the first hour, if your content sucks and you've like, you're part of a, a group where you all like and comment on each other's posts, 
um, you just won't get traction beyond the hour because it's a crap post. So uh, obviously it needs to be of value. Um, you join one of those groups um, and then you've just got a recurring task every Tuesday to write the copy, do the two videos, give it to your assistant and you just work. Um, and then you, as soon as that's posted, you get your assistant to go back into that spreadsheet of story IDs and green out the ones that have been posted. Anytime you're on the fly, you're speaking to a client, you walk into the office, you come up with the story ID, you go and put it in that spreadsheet. And I've done that session that I talked about, the half day, I've done it once. I've never had to do it again because I've just continued putting story IDs into my... Into the backlog uh, type thing. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how you do it. And and is there, you think it's more, uh, you think you're going to get more engagement after five or six o'clock PM or, you know, when people kind of get off or you think it doesn't really matter. I've heard different responses. Yeah. Just, to, it's, it's hard to say. It just yeah. depends. Because, um, like there's so many other variables, like for example, um, I've been even been testing doing videos without subtitles, whereas most of my videos so far have been with subtitles. And I haven't seen a, a huge drop um, in terms of not having them. Uh, and I've posted at like different times. So like it's, it's hard to say, but from what I've seen, posting up content um, at 8 p.m. is probably not because most of my audience is in Australia. So, you know, posting up content at 10 p.m. is probably not a good idea because they're not going to be on the platform. Um, so I guess you got to know where your audience is from and then cater to that um, and then just test different times. And uh, you might start to see a bit of a trend in terms of, uh, I guess, the best times and days to just um, post. Yeah, I think yeah, I think it's very important to uh, look at your analytics and see how your audience is engaging. Uh, first, find out who you're targeting, and then once you're once you're uh, you know posting and delivering these these messages, go back and analyze, and then you kind of just adapt accordingly. Yeah, exactly. So we t- we touched on this a little bit before, Alex, uh, in regards to. Uh, just salesy messages, right? So how would you, what would you tell people that are posting on LinkedIn to essentially just stop being salesy and be more authentic and real to engage with more people like you do? Well, yeah, it's pretty simple. You look at the results and I can guarantee you people who are putting up salesy stuff, you just look at their posts are getting zero likes and comments. If anything, it's probably, you know, the mom and dad liking it. Um, so it just doesn't work. The, the truth is in the result and the results never lie. So if you're not getting results, uh, the meaning of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. So, um, if you're posting and you're not getting any traction, um, and people aren't liking, commenting, engaging, um, starting conversations with you, you got to have a good look in the mirror and ask yourself, what are the changes you need to make? And that's, that's like short and long and short of it. That's, that's the reality. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's very well said. So, uh, Alex, I always ask these last three questions. I call sure. it the three hows. So how do you define failure? How do you define entrepreneurship and how do you define success? Um, I define failure as feedback. I think it's just part of, I I've, 
you know, after those first four, uh, biggest lesson I learned around failure is just it's actually part of the process. So you can't avoid it and you shouldn't avoid it. It's just part of part and parcel of um, the life you've chosen, which uh, in either in business or personal. So uh, whenever I fa- face anything like that now, I just see it as part of the process and take it some lessons learned. Um, entrepreneurship to me is someone who starts, grows and exits a business um, and with the view to, uh, and you know, everyone's version is different, but for me, it has to be a business that is impacting and uh, making a positive impact on people. And that's my outcome. Um, and what was the third one? And success. Um, success for me comes down to fulfillment. So, you know, Anthony Robbins summed it up really well and he said, um, this is a quote that's stuck by me for a number of years now and he said that, you know, success without fulfillment is failure um, and that's the ultimate failure in my opinion because I know quite a few people who are very successful but, um, you know, you can tell that they're hurting and they're not happy and so I always put happiness first um, and if uh, if I get into a business and, I'm, and uh, that isn't, adding to my fulfillment or happiness, then I just don't do it because it's not worth it. Um, I go home, I, within five minutes of laying in bed, I'm asleep because I'm, you know, I'm fulfilled. I don't have any uh, regrets, anything like that. So I just see success to me is about being happy and everyone's got a different formula. So someone could work nine to five, be extremely happy with that. Um, whereas another person that would be like uh, hell to them. So, you got to identify what makes you happy, um, whether that's being in business for yourself, the corporate world, and understand that, um, you know, everyone's got a different sort of trigger for it. And that's, that's how I would, uh, define it, really. Awesome, man. Yeah, th- thank you very much for sharing that. And it kind of goes back to, I know you, uh, you know, you know, I'm, I'm sure you know Gary Vaynerchuk, right? He always talks about, yeah. he always talks about, you know, not everyone's going to be an entrepreneur and that's okay. And not everyone's meant to be an entrepreneur or be, you know, or own a company or what have you. But if you're complaining about your nine to five job, you know, mm. then fix it, change your life. Why are you complaining about something that you're doing if you're not happy with it? <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? So I always love him when he talks about that. But uh, Alex, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate your time again. And, and where can everyone find you? Tell, uh, website, social media handles? Yeah. Um, well, I just my personal website just went up. So okay. um, people can uh, go to alexperuz.com um, or connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm not on uh, any other social platforms as of yet. Uh, but yeah, LinkedIn's the best best place to go and uh, love to know. Um, you know, if you're connecting with me, I'd love to know what you got out of the interview. So perfect. And you have a uh, Linkfluencer also has a site too, right? Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry. So it's um, linkfluencer.com. So L I N K F L U E N C E R.com. Perfect. Awesome. Well, uh, Alex, I really appreciate uh, you being part of, of this podcast and sharing your story with us. I'm very thankful. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll stay connected, man. Th- thanks again for everything. So, Again, everyone, thank you for listening. And this is your host, Michael Giorgio on Tales from the Pros. And until next time.